Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bloom Conversations. I'm Claire Dewhurst. I'm the director of City Nation Place, which is the global forum for place branding and place marketing. I'm honoured that Bloom Consulting has invited me to join these podcast sessions just to introduce the discussions. I see my job as asking the questions on behalf of you to ensure that we learn the most from the Bloom experts and their guest speakers. This podcast series has been launched to celebrate Bloom's 20th anniversary, Happy Birthday Bloom. And throughout the series, we'll be diving into the world of nation branding and place branding. So in every episode, we're going to focus on just one thing that you could be doing to improve your approach to nation and place branding. Today, we're actually going to focus on three of the steps in Bloom's 14 Steps to Nation Branding. Step two, understanding current perceptions. Step three, establishing target markets. And step four, setting realistic objectives. But the one thing that connects all of these steps is about having an effective analytical approach. And so it makes sense that I'm joined today by Gonzalo Villar, who is not only managing partner with Bloom Consulting, but also their nation and place analytics expert. And we're also joined today by Meira Papi, who is with Finland's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and a specialist in country branding from the ministry. So welcome to both of you. Great to have you with us for this conversation. Can I come to you first, Gonzalo, and ask you one of those key reasons why it's so important to focus on place analytics? Thanks, Claire. It's very important to stress that much like any business strategy, Nation branding strategies, nation branding as a whole demands uh, well-defined goals and a concrete implementation plan. These KPIs, these plates analytics, this data uh, today is more important than ever and, and play a crucial role. Uh, and that's the important thing in justifying the investment in a nation branding initiative. We need the data to later on justify the strategy and, and the result. And these initial steps of the 14 steps to nation branding, this is a guidebook we, we have published and it is available on our journal, on our, on our website, it's for free download. These steps too, as you very well were mentioning, is very important to start understanding the current perceptions. And when we talk about the current perceptions, we talk about the gap between the perceptions and the reality, and not only the overall, uh, perception of a country if it's positive or, or, or negative, but most importantly, the elements and these topics that constitute that perception. And we'll like to talk later on about the nation brand taxonomy model that we have developed here, but is, this is very important as an initial step. Later on, it's also very important to establish key target markets to influence, and you cannot be relevant for all the world, most probably. And finally, said we list the objectives, which it's basically about which areas of the nation brand you want to work proactively. It's about tourism, it's about attraction of talent, investment, or the overall reputation of the country. These three steps, as we were saying, are key to nation branding. And to close this, this small introduction is how can you develop a nation branding strategy if, if you don't understand the current perception? You, you don't have a baseline to understand. It's all based on assumptions, common beliefs. So this international research is, is key. And that brand assessment with other data sets uh, will give that baseline that we're talking. And this seems pretty obvious, but we see that this process, these two, three steps that we're talking about now, 
is sometimes overlooked. When you jump into this project, we really uh, pay a lot of attention to this analytics part because it's the base for the strategy and later on the implementation. You actually took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, this sounds so obvious, but I know, and I'm sure you know, that, that, that not everybody starts here. Mayra, let, let me come to you. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear your yeah. perspective on this, but perhaps first of all, you can just explain a little bit more about your role within the Ministry of Foreign Affairs you know, and what your objectives are around Finland's nation brand. In Finland, we have a network approach to country image work. There's something called the Finland Promotion Board, where a number of ministries, a number of private companies, different kinds of organizations are a part of, and the secretariat for that network is located in the Ministry for Foreign Affairs of Finland. So I work in that unit where we take care of the everyday operational side of the Finland Promotion Board business. But as such, we are not responsible for sectoral operations such as tourism marketing or, or attracting investment or practical talent attraction activities and so on. So what we really do is we try and gather information, come up with a strategy, also disseminate information into, into the network. We try to be the, the brains behind the operation in the sense that, that we try to keep on top of what's going on and what research is saying. Thanks for that understanding. And I think, you know, it, it, one of our other conversations has been with David Downs from New Zealand Street. I think it's a similar thing. It's you're, you're, you're there to come up with the narrative and the advice and the guidance and other people are kind of implementing those specific approaches around tourism or talent or, or investment. But I mean, Finland is a country that consistently performs well in a whole range of nation brand rankings. And, you know, I suppose most notably celebrated as the happiest country in the world. So how does having this analytical approach that, that Gonzalo has introduced us to, how has that helped you as a country manage your reputation, be those brains behind the story and the narrative development? I think the answer is twofold. Uh, first of all, of course, internally, we need to know what our actual strengths are, but also what the perceptions of our strengths are. That's key to being able to promote those aspects, but also we really do need to know what our weaknesses are as well. So uh, that's the other side. And that's something that we, we can't decide internally. We, we can't say that, okay, I think that people might perceive us as this and that. We do need the, the data to know what those aspects are. And, and for us, for example, we now know from reading research and getting data that people don't really know about Finnish culture. And that, that is sort of our weak point, but we would not have known that without research and data. And, and, and how often do you kind of invest in gathering this information? Is it something you do annually? Is it something that you do in response to particular circumstances or, or how does that work for you? It depends slightly on the situation. There, there used to be a system in place where every three years we would check up on, on what's going on because Finland was not uh, that prevalent in world media and so on. So people's opinions of Finland wouldn't, wouldn't really change that quickly. But during the past two or three years, we've had uh, Prime Minister Sanna Marin. We've had COVID response, which was 
covered quite a bit. And then with, with uh, the war in Europe uh, and Finland's NATO membership process, Finland has been covered a lot more. So we now need to get some data and information a bit more often than, than we used to. If, if I may hear, may I think this, this study that gathering this data and, and following this study, um, it, it came in the perfect moment. As you were saying, it's, it's remarkable all the things that have been going on on the last two years. And this is precisely a good moment to, to gather data and, and confirm the things anyone can, can understand and can assume about that solid reputation, a strong and solid reputation among several areas and how these events, how these things that are going on are affecting the overall reputation of Finland. And as we developed uh, together and we were uh, researching and getting data in this nation brand taxonomy model, want to pick up what you were saying before. It was very interesting with Finland, I believe, to understand really in 13 areas, not only the general perception, which we know it is very positive, but on which of the 13 areas, these, these elements that constitute such a positive perception and came to improvement. And I want to add a little bit more here, Mayor, I have a question is, is the level of detail, it's, it's by these areas, and you were saying education, but also what about this micro segmentation by nationality, age groups, interests that you could also leverage on your strategies? How are you treating that data? That's actually a, a really, really uh, good question and to the point, because that was actually one of the most in interesting discoveries from the work that we did together. Uh, the segments in terms of, of age brackets and, and nationalities, because we, we did get some really useful information about which age segments in certain countries we didn't have a connection to. Uh, there were definitely some surprises there as well. So that's really, really useful and practical for everyone, not only in tourism marketing or sectoral approaches in that way, but also for our embassies and our consulates and people working there to know that, okay, we now need to think more about speaking to these people. One of the things that we've been talking about a lot with people recently around data is, is how you disseminate that data, how you take all of that data and, and tell a story with it. Is that a challenge that you face? In, in the ministry? Yes, in a way it is. But I think for us, our main challenge isn't always the, the lack of information or, or data or even how to use it, but, but sometimes just the fact that we don't have enough people to go through the data that we have. So I, I think we might not be the only people with this problem that there is there is a lot of data available when we commission any sort of research or even without it, if we do media monitoring and so on. But to know which nuggets of that data or of that research are the golden nuggets that we really should run with, I think that sometimes is the issue, just recognizing what's important and what's not important in a flood of information. When, when we engage in any nation branding, let's say assessment or, or strategies, it is very interesting where we put this international perspective and when we contrast with our plans, in this case with you, is that the findings and these conversations about uh, where is the juice, where is the substance, right? Or the nuggets you were saying is 
is is very interesting and, and, and very rich conversations about exchanging ideas. It's, we believe here uh, there's room for improvement. Here there's a story, a story about education. You're already doing it and the world doesn't know, right? So there is plenty of, of those conversations that we exchange and that our job in, in this process is also to help you to guide this conversation, to put into perspective this data, to clean or summarize. So you have the, the information that is needed, digested and ready to make those decisions. And that's why you, you are pursuing this, this research, right? Today, we sometimes uh, have so many data points, data sets, that is not the first time we, we hear this, that the lack of resources and what is really important, disseminated what is important, that is what's not important, even that's useful information, that is really key on, on that place analytics a role that we started to play five years ago, 10 years ago, and in the future, I think we're going to be even overloaded about uh, with more data than we're used to it now. So this is a key challenge and, and, and on that, we, we enjoyed very much working with, with you to help you to digest everything and put it into perspective. Very curveball. And do you think there's going to be a role for AI in helping places go through this data and figure out which bits to work with and which bits are the most relevant, or is it always going to be a human task? <laughs> Does it require that human insight? <laughs> And yeah, like Simlet is very advanced in, in future trends. They have, and, and they are mayors are familiar with what are the, the future challenges. This one is one of them. We use it, uh, already use it in our daily work as a source of information. And so far is there to say how, how this is going to turn out in, into the job we do, but definitely it's, it's going to be a help. Yeah. And I guess, Mayra, you know, from your part, not only do you have a lot of data, but there's this endless range of questions you can ask to an endless range of audiences. So how do you decide where to focus, you know, which questions to ask and which particular audiences you want to ask at the start? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Luckily, we don't, we don't commission that much research that we would have to think about it often because what we usually do is we buy data from already existing studies. So we don't get to decide as much, but sometimes when we do have a chance to commission studies, for example, here, the work that we did with Bloom Consulting, we had a specific reason, which was our NATO process and knowing how that would be affecting people's perceptions of Finland. So with that in mind, we chose the countries where we figured this would make the biggest difference or where we care the most or which were uh, bigger target markets for some other activities where we needed to know what the baseline was and so on. So it, it would have to depend on why we were asking the questions. It's very important when we embark uh, these commission studies that are very much tailored for, for a country uh, to understand what are the objectives and that is step five. What was the objective? Of the background of this this project and setting these realistic objectives and, and areas to focus uh, goes hand in hand with establishing these target audiences. Depending on what you want to get, you will research or look for the answers elsewhere, right? And it's very important because this is indeed um, a, a very important part of, of the research and we have specific sessions to discuss and, and agree on which audiences if we distribute the service to understand perceptions 
And we back up this very much with digital tools that we, we have at our disposal. And, and we, we have meetings with digital demand tools for how many people are searching about this. So we're already understanding the pulse of certain audiences. And later on, we narrow it to, to the specific ones that we're going to do the deep dives. Let's put this on perception and, and the topic. But we have always a broader look. We tend to tarot, narrow more or less to 10 at the end, but we consider a bit more at the, at the beginning so we can understand. And it's a cohesion process on, on deciding at the end what is strategic, what's secondary, what is emerging and fun to know or start to understand as, as we do an initial assessment on, on how we see these these, these studies. I mean, given that Gonzalo works with so many other places, Mira, were there any other questions that you might want to ask him about how he approaches analytics for other clients? Uh, one of the questions that is always relevant, I feel, is whether to, whether to go wide or to go deep. Because there are a lot of countries in the world and it would, of course, be fantastic to know everything about all of those countries and how they perceive Finland. Uh, but let's say that we now have a baseline for for a group of countries. The next time we will commission a study, does it automatically make sense to uh, go for the same set of countries to see the progress? Or should we instead try and go wider or, yeah. or uh, you know, where I'm going with yeah, this question? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is, a, it is a very important question. And it would be the first thing we would have... Uh, once you want to, to commission or data refresh in it. The general rule, um, it has to be consistent. Otherwise, you will not be able to measure the evolution. And, and that is like a basic premise of any type of work where, where we're doing measurement. That consistency and the same type of data sets should be monitored. Adding and changing certain markets or type of data or adding questions, topics that comes naturally, depending on if we do that every year, every two years, the situation may have changed, situations have evolved, certain markets are more strategic now, and, and it is a natural conversation to include them and, and, and adapt it. But you have to keep a general consistency on the data set and the markets. And we're in a point that we have a lot of digital tools. And when we talk digital, the, the way we can escalate the, the research is, is easier, faster, and, and I would say cheaper than ever. So basically, we have more flexibility to go abroad and, and look at the world as a whole. Actually, our tools look at the world and we can segment. But when we go to detailing and going bit on the specifics, we have limited resources. And even though we know the overall limits of all the countries in the world towards Finland, there is a limited resource to how to work that strategy in a proactive way. So at the end, some countries we now work with seven, eight strategic markets, others that have a more global aim with 12 to 15, but never more than that as the resources to to, to influence those geographies and those audiences is limited, right? The digital part, we can be a bit wilder and, and try to look at, at the world, that sense. 
That is really helpful. And it's really helpful to hear uh, concrete numbers of target markets that different nations are working but with. You, you need to understand what you want to measure the same. You want, is this a first commission study, the first part of a, a longer monitoring period or a longer objective that you need to keep on monitoring? Or if it's, it's just the nature of certain studies as a one-off, right? We know, or you want to see what's the legacy of certain decisions, certain situations that as, as we always say, you need that baseline. And two years later, the, the, the conversation is more about the impact reasons why if this perception has improved in which geographies, in which age groups, as we were saying, in which uh, perception elements and is more going back and forth on where today and where you come from, from that baseline. Okay. It's another style of, of study that is necessary because this will give uh, you and any other representative working on the country the tools, as I was saying in the intro to justify those investments that on the strategy and putting into, I would say a first look no, or giving the important that the country image deserves. We know that countries with a better image have more transactional values like attraction of investment, talent, and, and tourists, and the market. And that's very important, the market size, that countries with which good images or good, positive images have, it's, it's much bigger than the ones that have a negative outlook, right? On this. So that is why it's, it's very important on, on that sense, working out the image. And that everyone understands and, and gives the credit to the work and, and build that reputation because at the end, it, it will have a transactional value. I think it's probably, unfortunately, time to draw this very detailed and fascinating conversation to a close. So I'm, I'm going to come back to each of you. On a practical front, Mira, you know, any, for any nation branding team looking to work more effectively with their analytics, do, do you have a practical piece of advice you would leave us with? The key is really just delving into analytics. I know that it can be a bit daunting because there is so much information out there. I think the first step is just to embrace the world of, of research and, and analytics. And then I would always just talk to your neighbor. We are all doing pretty much the same things, or, well, in different ways, but we are all interested in, in the same questions. We talk a lot. With our neighbors, especially with Sweden, we have regular meetings and, and we exchange information and also experiences of different service providers and, and companies and so on. So I wouldn't hesitate uh, talking to your neighbors, even if they are your rivals. I think that's maybe the Nordic way of, of looking at things that we're all in this together. Brilliant, brilliant piece of advice and, and certainly something, yeah, I think that is a Nordic way of doing things, but it's certainly something we see at, you know, conferences as well, that a very open sharing of ideas between people, yeah. you know, even when they might be considered to be competitors. So let's finish with you, Gonzana. What are your key pieces of advice that you'd like to leave us with on this topic of working with and delving into analytics? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this second episode of, of the podcast that covers the 14 steps goes after the foundations, right? So first foundations as, as it's covered on the previous episode, but then it comes there, this analytics part, you cannot go have shortcuts on it. Sometimes as we're saying is overlooked, but understanding the current perception is, is the baseline for everything, for the current, for the future to compare, to justify those investments we're saying. And most importantly, 
the nation brand has, uh, I would say, an international uh, aspect, right? We want to understand the international perceptions towards the country. Uh, but it's very important that, that we segment very much the country's ages. And, and one very important thing, which is uh, the gap between the perception and the reality. And when we talk about reality is, is we sometimes work with countries very important in the perceptions is, is are they aligned to what the local stakeholders think, or even the people that have experience that are very familiar with the country, if there is an alignment or not on the positive perceptions about certain areas, not only the general perception. It's very important and a key input, I would say, on the input on the nation brand strategy, right? And the nation brand external model is for us the, the base to understand how this overall perception is, is being shaped. Establishing the target markets is very important because at least it will guide you on the type of research you can do and, and you cannot do. And that is, is embedded into the overall strategies. What do you want to do proactive? What can you do? Which geographies you have in the strategic pipeline to do selections of that, that you want to monitor? Why monitoring things or places or areas that then you're not going to work on? That doesn't make that, that much sense. And as Mayo was saying, is the world is very big and, and branding is a matter of making decisions. You cannot be relevant for all the world just because we don't have resources. And finally, the, the objectives. The brand cannot do it all, right? And, and, and you have to set clear objectives of what you want to achieve with this brand strategy and measuring, doing, and later on, on the follow-up is, is very important. If it's the overall reputation in this country, it's fantastic. If it's focusing on, on a specific dimensions of the nation brand, that's also good, but it's very important that when commissioning a study or when conducting a, a national brand strategy, uh, these these objectives uh, come from, from the get-go. And as we do these brand assessments, they can be readjusted, but it's very clear that, that there is a clear mandate from the government officials. Otherwise, the project can go in tangent in areas that really are not from, from, from the interest, and that's why they should be decided from the get-go. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Very informative session. I think you've both shared a great deal of information that, that the audience will be very appreciative of. So thank you very much, Mayra. Thank you very much for joining us today from Ministry of Affairs in Finland. And thank you, Gonzalo. I'm sure I might see you on a later episode of these Boom Conversations podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye.